Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right, guys, before we get started with this week's wrestling perspective with myself, P.D. Williams, and our guest Tyson Dukes, I just want to do a quick little house cleaning. First and foremost, I didn't say it during this podcast, and I feel horrible. I want to do it now, but if P.D.'s listening, which God forbid uh, he listens to his own podcast— P.D. Williams, I want to wish you a very happy birthday. This past week was your birthday. I believe it was Saturday. Uh, We recorded. I didn't bring it up. But I wanted to wish you a happy birthday here before we start the podcast. Uh, You're one of my best friends. You have rejuvenated my podcast career. It has, you know, I I, I, words cannot sum up. And I'm going to get a little bit uh, Philly here. So... Uh, put on your man pants, people, and just go along for this ride. But, Petey, uh, words can't describe what our friendship has meant to us, what you doing this podcast has meant for my career. It has rejuvenated my love for podcasting, radio, uh, even wrestling. It, it's it's nice. It's refreshing. I love what I'm doing right now. I love who I'm doing it with. And without you, Petey Williams... None of this would have been possible. I wouldn't be doing the Dugcast with James Ellsworth. I don't thank you enough. So before we started the podcast, I just I just wanted to say happy birthday and thank you. It's, it's been an amazing year plus that we've been doing this podcast. We're doing things I never imagined. I've always wished I could do going backstage, hanging out with people. You know, We're talking about doing a live podcast sometime somewhere putting that together and none of this would happen without your friendship so from me and my family my friends i'll throw my friends in they they don't really care but and our fans i'm sure our fans will wish you a happy birthday too but uh happy birthday pd williams and thank you so much also by the way in this podcast there's a little bit of crack sometimes when pd talks uh forgive it it was him I don't know how to uh, fix it, but you'll hear it. Don't get too annoyed. No big deal. Uh, Tyson Dukes, phenomenal. Thank you, Tyson Dukes, for coming on. And uh, let's start the podcast. Right, it's time for the Wrestling Perspective Podcast. I'm Dennis Farrell, and he's the man to the north of me, the guy who loves to do flips and sometimes drops people on its heads. It's Petey Williams. How's she going, eh? Going good. Uh, I can't wait. I would say, and this is tricky, inside baseball, Pete, but I'm going to be honest with our fans. We might have Tyson Dukes on this podcast. We tried to record before we were actually recording this part. Then his Tyson's phone messed up, and then the Skype messed up. 
Then we finally had something somewhat good enough to record with, and this kid got up. So now we decided that we'll do the first part first, and maybe we get him, maybe we don't. Uh, you guys will know in real time as we don't know. Yeah, I mean, he said that uh, you know he just got a new phone, so you know, a new phone. You'd think everything would be good, and then, but he did say that he did a podcast what the like last week, and he said it, it was sounded like. Uh, like he was in a well and all this kind of stuff, kind of like what we were hearing too. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll hope we get him on. I know a lot of people have been asking us, um, which I was a little shocked. Like, yeah, Tyson Dukes, Tyson Dukes. I'm like, you got, you guys want to hear from Tyson Dukes? I could, we'll give you Tyson Dukes if you want him. All right. Yeah. That's the easiest guess we can get, I think. <laughs> so as long as his phone works, <laughs> I guess, which will turn out to be the hardest. As we said, we don't yeah, know. Right. Uh, before we get started, let's do some promoting up front. Don't forget uh, WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. You can go there, get all of your podcasts, uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcasts, that's where we are. If you don't listen, but like on a podcatcher or something like that, it's something new. I'm, I'm learning the lingo, kids. Uh, go to WrestlingPerspective.Podbean.com. Go there, subscribe. If you listen on iTunes, please subscribe, rate five stars. Right now, PD, as we speak, we're in the top 20. Really? Yes. I mean, that's, that's I guess, not shocking because when, remember, we were at like number what? Four. I think we got up as high as two. Yep. I thought like, I had two one day. I got a picture of it, I remember. So I could show my grandkids, and then that way my grandkids could say, What's a podcast? Because this probably wouldn't even exist when I have grandkids. Anyways. Yep. One day, kids. We will be so far high up. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, so do that, WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. Sorry about that. I was actually trying to look at the charts as you were talking. I'm like, I hope he keeps chatting away because uh, I've got nothing until I can actually see this. Yeah, we're I mean, probably not even on the charts right now. But by the end of this podcast, we'll probably be number one. We're, we're 28 overall right now. Uh, let's see here. We're, we're ahead of the Dan Lebitar show. If you're a sports fan, a bunch of ESPN, Stephen A. Smith, we're ahead of a bunch of fantasy football podcasts. Uh, yeah, we are, we're ahead of Stone Cold Steve Austin right now. Hey, you know, I mean, we're ranked pretty high on our you know, on podcasts. I mean, I just wish I was ranked that high in the PWI 500. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up. Cause I, I, I actually went to buy it and then it didn't show up. So I couldn't really dive into the PWI 500. Uh, you, you showed me, which, uh, hopefully I didn't lose it, uh, which once again, I got, I, it. I got it right here. Yeah. It makes me look Bush league, I believe. So, uh, let's talk, about the PWI 500 a little bit. The top 10 has been released. We'll go back and look at that here in a few minutes. But let's really deep dive into Impact Wrestling wrestlers and where they rank on this list because there's some surprising names, and some of them I'm friends with. So it's going to sound like I'm putting them down, and maybe even them themselves would go, yeah, that's a little high for me. Yeah, I mean, um, we got so. Do you know the highest I've ever ranked on the PWI? Uh, I'm gonna guess you at one point, and it's since it's been around for 28 years, you created the Canadian Destroyer. I'm gonna say 54. I was higher than that, actually. I 
think I was, I want to say it was either 23 or 26. I believe it uh, was 23. And that was, I believe, in 2000. And so they don't do, they do like from July of one year going into June of next year, something like that. So I want to say 2005, no, 2004 back half and 2005 front half. And I, I, I mean, I, I feel, and that's how they rank you. They rank like, you know, championships and accomplishments and win losses and all this kind of stuff. That was a year for me. Like, I mean, uh, 2004, August, like in August, I won the exhibition championship and then I had the longest reign at the time. Uh, that same 12 month period, I, uh, won the super eight, which is like a really prestigious, it used to be a very prestigious tournament. I mean, it kind of still is, um, you know, just like pay-per-views, TVs, lots of wins, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, doing other indies and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, 23 was like, okay, yeah. And that was the highest ever ranked. And that was like almost like the first time I was on the PWI 500. Wow. Now, my big number is 196, which I think is pretty pretty fair considering I came back, haven't really had any championships or accomplishments um, this is kind of my second run around. I mean, I didn't rank in the past three years because I haven't wrestled. So, um, I, I, I'd say that's totally fair. I mean, I, I think that's a little bit too high for me, I would say, but totally fair. Austin Aries comes in at 25. He's the highest ranking impact wrestler with Pentagon Jr. at 30. Eli Drake at 32. Johnny Impact at 47. Eddie Edwards at 55. Phoenix, uh, Felix at 61, Matt Seidel, Phoenix. Fe- thanks. Matt Seidel at 66, Ishimori at 104, Moose at 108, Brian Cage at 118, and here's one of the shocking ones. It's Sammy Callahan at 121. I would put, with the year and the momentum Sammy Callahan has had, I would have easily put him in the 60s without blinking. Yeah. I would yeah, put- I would say... Yeah, like where Eddie Edwards, he did. He was the first Gaijin to win uh, the NOAA heavyweight championship. So I kind of get why they put him up so high. Um, But yeah, I mean, I would have put Sammy up way higher. I agree. I mean, he's 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 blowing up. Um, So I agree with you on that one. I've got no issue with Austin Pentagon. Eli, as much as I love Eli, and I I am the biggest Eli fan, I've been begging you to get Eli Drake on this podcast. I feel like he should be lower than 32. Uh, I Look. And if uh, no, because he won the belt um, after we had the big, uh, I think, Del, uh, Alberto El Patron got, he had that DV charge, and he got suspended for a while, and then Eli Drake won the championship in August. And he held that up until Austin Aries got here in, I believe, January. So, I mean, that's – I would rank him higher like that. But so, I, I think we're disagreeing on this because I think that him and Johnny Impact, I would have put into the 50s and 60s, not in the 30s and 47. I could easily have put Sammy Callahan ahead of both of those guys with the year he has had. Uh, I Brian Cage probably should be higher too. With not with just what he's done with Impact, but Lucha Underground also. Yeah, and I mean Johnny Impact as well. He's in Lucha Underground as well, so you could say that. I guess you're right that, about that. That same thing, yeah. Uh, I mean, so I mean, it's kind of fair those rankings, I would say. Um, 
just looking at like LAX, both of them are at 124 and 126. Trevor, Trevor Lee, Lee 123. He had a good year. I mean, he's kind of fell off in the 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 first quarter and second quarter of uh, 2018. He was an uh, but the back champion. half of this year was was really good. He he was the X Division champion for the longest time, right? Yeah, he was. Um, and he's still putting on good matches and all that kind of stuff. Rich Swan, um, Rich Swan at one thirty-two. I'm okay with that. One thirty-four, Congo Khan. I'm okay with that. Uh, the Chris brothers at the one thirty-five and one forty, respectively. Let's drop down a little bit more to Abyss at one eighty. He doesn't wrestle enough to. No, I think Abyss had had one match, and I want to say it was at Bound for Glory last year against Grado. And it was a monster's ball match, and it was horrible. I mean, and Abyss knows that, like, Grado doesn't do uh, monster ball hardcore-type matches. And that's just an impact, though. Abyss still does a lot of work on the indies. You know, he tells me he's – he's every weekend he's working and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I was kind of shocked with the 180 because um, I, I really think he's had one match, maybe two. Um, I know at Slammiversary last year, um, no, that was, yeah, I guess in July, he had that match with uh, Steiner and Josh Matthews and and everybody, who else was in there, Jimmy Borash. So maybe he's had a couple matches. Yeah, definitely not enough to be at 180. If you're going with past credentials, sure. I mean, what he's done has been very impressive, and I don't want to take anything away from that. But if we're talking about just this year, he is yep. not. He does not need to be at 180. Uh, you, we talk about you at 194. Do you feel like that's an accomplishment for you? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I've been ranked in the like I said up to 23. I think I was down like the 200s before. I mean, and that's the thing with Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Like, uh, once you get like down further, like past the 250s and all that kind of stuff now there's more wrestlers that people know but like you know back like 10 15 years ago you know they're just like randomly drawing people's names out of a hat when you get in the last 200 or 300 guys like it it, i remember you had to like submit like hey you know to to pwi like hey i got stuff and they'll, they'll like throw you somewhere on the list so you know but they they take i would i would say they focus a lot on the top 10 so I would say, uh, like, yes. that's kind of legit, the top 10. And then, yeah, maybe the top 50 is, like, more legit. And they're, they're looser at the top 100 and very loose at the 200. And then after that, it's kind of like, all right, let's just put name values up near the top and then everybody else on the bottom. I mean, that's that's how they do it. So here's the deal. I love Stone Rockwell. I love what he's doing. I love the character. He has been amazing to me. But for Stone Rockwell, and and Stone, if you're going to listen to this, and I apologize, maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, I will give you the time on this podcast if you want to, to defend your spot, which I, I don't know if you agree or not. And But to be ahead of Desmond Xavier, Killer Cross, well, I don't know, because Killer Cross, Joe Henry, and Grado, that that's all subjective since they've really had their push what in the last few months. Well, not Grado so much, but Joe Hendry, Desmond, I would put them about on the same level. I like Desmond a lot. 
where Stone Rockwell has perfected the character, I think Desmond Xavier needs to grow on the character. Yeah, I mean, Desmond Xavier, you got to remember, he won the, like, uh, whatever, the Super X Cup or whatever it was called. Like, that's a big deal in, in Impact. But also, like, he's like an internet darling with him and his boy, uh, Zachary Wentz, they're the Rascals, as a tag team uh, on the Indies. And they're, they're making waves. So, I mean, he, he's ranked kind of too low. Like, I mean, he's almost 100 away from not even making it. So that's that's kind of BS if I was, like, really analyzing this. Um, but, yeah, but Stone Rockwell, I mean... <laughs> I like, I, I, yeah, I like Rockwell. No, I like Yeah. Obviously, like, we, we, we love him. He's, like, uh, a friend of the podcast. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, once they start getting lower, they're just kind of throwing names out there. And, uh, and, and, <laughs> and that's that. I mean, Sanjay, at this point, he's ranked 343. He was X Division champion uh, on, on the first couple months when this, like, July, August. I think he even had it into September, maybe. So, but then he pretty much stopped wrestling after that. Um, and then Jimmy Jacobs, you know, he does a lot of stuff in the Indies. Um, so I'd say that's a fair number for Jimmy. I would say possibly, since he's considered just a, a like a manager on uh, on Impact. Um, Let's. Yeah, I'm trying to look at other ones. Yeah, Kingston as well. Kingston. He's a, he's a manager on Impact as well, but you know those guys also do a lot of indies. Right. Let's let's talk about the top ten real quick, and then we'll get our guest on here in probably about five minutes. Kenny Omega one, no arguments there. No, Kenny's great. I've wrestled him a handful of times, and man, he's just he's the best in the world. I mean, he should have been number one if he wasn't. Um, I think I think I would have questioned it because I think the year. And that 12 months that we're talking about that he's had with matches with Okada and stuff, um, definitely. Um, and it's the first time, like, I mean, not the first time, but like, I think they said back-to-back years where a non-WWE guy was number was number one. Because I think Okada got it last year, and you have Kenny Omega having it this year. Both New Japan guys. I mean, right. this, is, uh, this, is, this is crazy. It's like New Japan's a top promotion in the world almost right now, you'd think. AJ Styles at two, no complaints. I think that's good. Okada at three. Here's my issue. At number four, Brock Lesnar. Uh, as much of a beast as he is, he's wrestled, what, ten times in the last year, if that? If that, yeah, maybe less than that. As much of um, a beast he is in, in lack of wrestling, I feel like it should have hindered him. He should have been down at maybe nine, uh, ten, eleven, something like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, he has had the belt that entire time that they had that. So it's kind of like, how how do we justify yeah. ranking him lower? That's It's lack of wrestling. Exactly. I mean, but then they also do, they do take into account, like, you know, championship reign. I mean, it's, you know, usually champions, when they're contracted with a wrestling company, they're defending it, like, quite often, a few times a month, whatever. Brock Lesnar, it's like once every other month, maybe. And or maybe he might like defend it uh, every month for a couple months and then take three months off or whatever. So, I mean, it, it's kind of it's kind of tough to rank Brock Lesnar, but he, you know, maybe not four. That's that what you said. He's at four right now. Yeah, four. Yeah. I mean, I would have might have scooted him down to nine or something like that. I would think that'd be like kind of more fair, even though he's been champion the entire time. 
other names on this list quickly before we get on to our interview tonight. Uh, Seth Rollins at five. I think that's fair. I yeah, think I, he had a great year. Yeah. I'd put him at I mean, four. I might think that's, um, I don't know. Let's see the rest of it. Cause I might actually put him a little bit lower. Well, um, but, well, because I would have put like somebody like a Cody or something higher. That's interesting. Here, here's the rest of the top, uh, the bottom five. It's Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman at six, uh, Roman Reigns at seven, Cody Rhodes at eight, uh, Naito at nine, and the Miz at ten. Now, just for me, I think Roman Reigns is perfect at seven. Like him or hate him, boy, he's been doing you know staying on top despite the hate. You got to respect that. I would lower Braun Strowman down just because he hasn't really done anything important. A few uh, tests of strength, no real character development. He just flips back and forth now. He's like the modern-day big show, he'll face, he'll face. He hasn't really done anything other than winning the money in the bank that has emotionally invested in me. I could put him in the top 10, but at 6 is high because I can't justify the Miz uh, Naito or Cody Rhodes being below Braun Strowman right now. Yeah, I mean that's that's a very good point. Um, if you look at Braun Strowman's win loss record, though, I mean he's barely lost any matches. You know, for as many times as he wrestled, they do take that into account. Um, and he's had a great year. Like that's what I look at it. Like, like look at what he was doing at this time last year. Um, I, I don't know where he ranked it. You know, we should have researched 2017. Um, yeah, it's too but much you work. know, I don't, I don't know where he ranked. Yeah, I know it's too much work, right? Yeah. Um, for this like <laughs> fly by the seat of your pants podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, he had a great year out of any guys that got a push to the top. Like he did, I would say he's one of the guys that like one of the top guys, he got one of the, like the top pushes, the biggest push, uh, in wrestling industry. So, I, I mean, oh man, it is tough. You know, I mean, you look at Cody. I mean, I think in this the last 12 months, he did win the Ring of Honor title, didn't hold it for long, um, but he's doing this all in. You just hear his name a lot more now. Um, so, I mean, they do a lot of work in that top 10, and I mean, I might have rearranged it a little bit, but I, yeah, I definitely put Kenny Omega 1. I agree with them. AJ Styles 2, absolutely. Um, then everything else is kind of like, okay, maybe, sure, maybe one or two lower, one or two higher, whatever. All right, there we go. Let's move on and uh, talk about our guest. All right, PD, if you listen to the top of the show, which you did, we were not sure it was going to happen. We're excited. This is one of those the fans wanted this guy to come on the podcast. We talked about him on the last podcast. Uh, and I will ask him if he even remembers this conversation we had. But, PD, why don't you introduce our very special guest? Yeah, so our very special guest, um, this guy, I mean, I've known him for about 18 years now. Um, you know, he was he was around right when I started. Uh, he's, you know, I looked up to him as a mentor. I still look up to him as a mentor. Uh, and actually, he's a former member of Team Canada. Uh, we have Tyson Dukes. Tyson, how you doing? Petey, Dennis, how's it going, guys? Good, man. We're really excited. Great. The fans are really excited. Uh, as I said last podcast, I told a story, and I wasn't sure. This is one of those things where I, I kind of cleared it with PD beforehand. Like, I don't want him to think, because you didn't know me. You and I'll, I'll paint the picture. Tell me if you remember or not. Uh, last set of Impact mm -hmm. taking tapings, we're standing next to each other. 
I strike up a conversation with you because I know who you are, but you, you, you look at me and you could probably think I set the ring up or I was security or I was just a fan that snuck in the backstage. You didn't know me from Adam. So we started chatting for a second and we were talking about uh, your worries about indie wrestling and then you know my thoughts about it comparing it to comedy. I told the story on the podcast like, oh, I hope T- Tyson didn't tell me this in confidentiality. And then it turns out that you're mad and now you have heat and I'm you're going to beat me up because, look, you have more muscles in one arm than my whole body. It's not true because I thought you were security. That's how I thought you were so jacked. <laughs> I thought, oh, this man's security. I want to have a talk with him. I like Get this guy. Get his routine. I like this guy. But do you remember our conversation? I do. I do. I do remember the conversation. I don't remember uh, all the details of it. I know we were talking about uh, independent wrestling a little bit and uh, like how the business has changed drastically in the last, only in the last, what, five years, like just five years, the, uh, the amount of change that has happened is pretty insane. Right. So I, I do remember those parts of the conversations. So, but, uh, um, Enlighten me a little bit. What did, what did we? What was the nitty gritty behind what we were talking about there? I believe you were questioning. I'm not. I don't remember if you were worried or if you thought, but you were questioning if indie wrestling can sustain the boom that was going on right now. And then oh, I, right. I said, I think so. If you look at what the stand up comedy sector has done comparing it to where now the individual talents are growing their fan base with podcast with podcasts. And now fans are going to see these guys. And, you know, in the early nineties, comedy clubs were closing up and it was dying. And if you look at it now, it, it, it's been going for 10 years straight and you could probably keep an eye on what happens with comedy and comedy clubs to maybe even predict or parallel where independent wrestling is going with their podcast boom and the boom of that industry now. Yes, it was. It was a whole thing on uh, the new age of like social media driven and how it's where it's more, more relatable and guys are more uh, personalized. Yeah. I remember this conversation. Yes. I, I still feel cause I'm from uh, a 20 year, 21 years now. So I'm, I'm back a long way. Like PD has been at this game a long, long time. I just remember him being younger than me and just chain wrestling with me when we used to go down to shows in Windsor. So like, this is so long ago. Uh, so I'm from a different generation altogether. I'm from the generation of, um, uh, the old school, uh, independent, uh, product. And there wasn't many shows and like, uh, companies would die out in a heartbeat. Like, I guess it's just the same as the comedy thing. Like comedy clubs would be drying up really quick back in the nineties and stuff like that. It was the same with wrestling. Uh, and even the big, the big time leagues like WWF at the time turned WWE. Um, I remember business being booming and then being with that company working enhancement. And then in the course of two years, business went way, way down and things had changed drastically in the last year I was there when I got hurt. So, um, I guess, I guess, I guess you're right. I guess I come from an old school mentality that it, it can't sustain because wrestling is, uh, as we used to call it, go, comes and goes in waves. So there's high points and then there's low points. But now it seems as though all it is is uh, 
like high points. Like, I guess, I guess you're right. I guess it has to do with the whole social media um, uh, and everybody's relatable. That's what it is. All right, so Tyson, I have to put you on the spot because I think I've asked you this question personally a couple times and you yeah. kind of gave me a blow off answer. Um, <laughs> and I think you might know what I'm going to say, but just let me back it up. Let, let me, let me put it out there before I ask the question. So, um, you know, years ago when I met my, uh, ex-wife, um, I won her over, uh, in PWG. She wasn't even a wrestling fan. Um, she was friends with like Samoa Joe's wife and she saw me do something in the ring that really like caught her eye. And, and it was like, oh yeah, I'll hang out with this guy, that kind of thing. And I, I stole it from you. All right. So, I mean, I, <laughs> so that's how I know it's over. So first man, um, why, why did you stop doing the dance? Why did you stop doing the dance? I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis probably has uh, hold on. Dennis probably has no idea what I'm talking about because he he this is years ago. People probably don't even remember the dance that you know fans nowadays. But I remember the dance. I loved it. I thought it was the best thing. Why'd you stop doing the dance? I you know what I stopped um, when I stopped doing that dance because that's what got me my run with WWE was exactly. uh, they loved it. They thought exactly. it was great. They loved it. And like, it didn't matter what I did in the ring, as long as I sold and did that dance, uh, they were going to keep bringing me back. Right. So that was my money. That was the, that's what gave me my, my in. But what happened was, um, you know how there's a small window and then sometimes, you know, this, you know, exactly what I mean. There's going to be a window of opportunity. Um, and then it can be taken away. So I blew out my knee and I was on the verge of being contracted. Then when I blew out my knee and I came back with the same dance, I don't know if it was, it felt forced or I, I just wasn't the same as I used to be, but I, it just didn't catch the same response as it did in the early 2000, 2002 um, when I was doing it. So when I was doing it, it was super, super hot. And then I went back to doing it and maybe it was me because I was kind of bitter about getting hurt, but uh, maybe I think people read into stuff and they understand uh, psychology more than they even think they know where I think they could tell that I, it just wasn't genuine anymore. And I wasn't, I wasn't happy doing it because I wasn't happy um, losing out on massive opportunities that I had had. And, uh, so it just, it just seemed to fade away. And so I just changed everything up. Cause I thought, I thought at the time it was just, it was the dance itself. It wasn't me. It was the dance itself that wasn't working. So it's really, it's really, I don't know, I guess it would be hindsight because had I just kept my attitude in check and, uh, stay positive, I imagine using that dance would have still worked to this day, but like, uh, it's only you and maybe three other human beings um, <laughs> still ask about that dance. What do you think? So, that well, Dennis, Dennis, can I do one follow up from please, that? Please, please. Just because about the dance, just because, I mean, I'm telling you, man, like you, you have no idea how over Tyson was doing this dance. Like, like I said, I stole it. Like when I was in PWG, like we had to do a dance contest. I don't know how to dance and I did it. But, uh, I, I guess my follow-up is, so 
you early 2000s dance is over you get you you blow out your acl you come back you're doing the dance it's not over anymore different time in wrestling now we're at 2018 i mean maybe maybe tyson maybe. do you think like maybe maybe like have you ever thought about like yeah. just do it at impact throw it out there and just like see what happens like you see if it sticks maybe you know what? It was. It's funny. I don't know if you're reading my brain or whatever, but I thought <laughs> at the last uh, set of tapings, I thought I think I might just bust this out. Mm. <laughs> the, I'll tell you what, man. Think of just I tell you what. It out. I know we were supposed to do that explosion I, match. Rich Swan got hurt, and 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 they had to put me in Rich Swan's place, so we never got our match. I'm going to make you do the yep. dance right now because I'll probably be the agent for our own match, and I'm probably going to force you to do the dance if we wrestle. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't even – Pete, you don't even have to force me to do it because I honestly, <laughs> yes. God, I almost uh, got into that match with Joe Henry, and I, oh, I, like, I, I swear to you that I thought in my head just before I went out there, I thought, you know what? Screw it. I think I'm just going to bust this out for old time's sake, and I almost did it just to pop you guys off. Or this, though, they're trying oh, to get it done. That would have been great. That would have been great. Okay. The crowd was hot enough. I think they would have gone with you on that journey. They, well, I think so, too. I think so, too. They were, they were really primed for whatever was coming that day. So it, was, it would have been a good day to do it. So now I'm going to go more towards a different direction in my line of questioning here. And social media, we talked about it. We talked about podcasts and we talked about the worries and you being an old schooler now. What is it like being the veteran in the locker room? Uh, it's it's still weird because I think in my head, because I'm such a, I guess I feel young at heart. I don't feel my age. Like I, I know I'm only 40, but I still don't feel even close to 40. Um but like every once in a while I get a reminder, like my children are my greatest uh, measuring stick of, Oh, okay. I'm old. <laughs> like my, my oldest kid just graduated from high school. So, and my, my middle guy is 16. So he's going to be driving soon. So those are my measuring sticks of like, Holy crap. Like I've been around on this blue ball a long, long time. So uh, being the, the vet guy in the back, is uh, I guess I I guess I kind of transitioned into this role slowly, anyways, from being around so long. So it's it really was such a gradual process. I didn't even see it come on. I didn't even see um, the whole uh, oh you're the vet here. You're the guy that like will move our stuff so you can sit your stuff down. I never. I just kind of gradually baby stepped my way into that role. And so now when people tell me, like, uh, I, I still don't accept it uh, uh, as much as I should, I guess. I don't know. I, I feel as though I'm still one of the young guys and I want to perform the same way they do and stuff like that. But uh, I can definitely tell you with the new style and stuff like that, that every once in a while I will say, listen, I'm an old guy. I'm not going to do that. That's going to really suck. And then they, they kind of they switch it around. So I'll. I guess, I guess, I guess I kind of fluked into this whole thing where I didn't think I was going to be around this long, but here I am 40 and still going. You hit on several themes that I get on PD about a lot and you look, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me you support me, 
But maybe you're the guy I can turn to to drive this into P.D. Williams' thick skull that at some point he needs to evolve his character, whether he's just like a a fill-in guy now, uh, whether his role has changed. He's still doing the same P.D. Williams he did in 2004. The only thing that's changed is some stubble in, in the hair. I, tell me, help me get it through that he needs to evolve this character a little bit. Listen, when when something's not broke, don't fix it. I think I'm I think I'm Thank with Petey on this one because uh, I listen. I I'm a guy that I'm impatient and I'm impulsive and I like uh, I love all forms of wrestling. Like that's the problem with me is I'm not about wrestling for me. I'm about wrestling because of wrestling. I love I just love the whole sports entertainment industry uh, beyond uh, beyond myself. I love it that much. So I'm always like, oh, maybe I'll wear kick pads. Oh, maybe I'll wear boots. Maybe I'll wear long tights. And maybe I'll have a beard. Maybe I won't. I change my stuff all the time because of all the people that I enjoy in this business, uh, I just take from them. And then I kind of emulate a little bit every time. I'm, even my moveset. My moveset changes from show to show. I don't use the same moves twice. <laughs> I don't use them all. I, like, I have maybe a couple finishers that I go back to. But for the most part, I always change up my moveset, uh, my my spots. Everything that I do is completely different every show, and it, it would baffle you. But every time, and that's I it just I always constantly want to do something different, and that's kind of uh, and that's why I love Petey so much because he knows what works, and he has done that so well that he has stapled, he's made himself a brand. And he is a good brand. He's that. He's a maple leaf muscle. He's the. You know, he's got the chainmail head, headgear. The like he's the little pop of pump. He's still all these things. Little PD pump. He's all these things. He's. Uh, but you can get behind it because he's a brand and he's branded himself so well that if someone talks to him like, oh, that's Pete Williams. He's you know what I mean. He's maple leaf muscle. He's uh, little PD pump. He's all these things. He's Canadian Destroyer. He's the man that has innovated the move that's overused by everybody else and only should be used by him. Um, this, I, it's just how – that's how that's old-school mentality, um, and I, that's why I love Petey so much is that he has stuck to it and stuck with uh, what, he, like, what is good and what is solid and works. So if something works and you're making money and you're on TV, why why would you change it? Why would you why would you flip it? Why would you flip the switch? PD, so what That's I'm hearing So PD, what That's I'm hearing do, Dennis. What what I'm hearing you say is you agree with me 100%. Thank you. Me? <laughs> yeah. So, no, type, it's a thing like, you know, at the end of the day, and you look at Vince McMahon too, it's like Everybody needs a character, he says. Like, he doesn't understand unless you have a character. It's like, okay, if you tell Vince McMahon, oh, you know, this guy's a patriotic Canadian, Canadian destroyer. That's his character. He'd be like, okay, great, fine. But can, he, can he work? That's the next question. So, I mean, I, I'm just playing a character on TV. Is there evolution to it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I can I could turn on my own country if I wanted to. That has never come up yet, but that would be pretty devastating, you know, and a huge change of the character. But... Speaking of changing characters, so Tyson, I remember, man, I don't even know how long ago it was, like maybe, I, I want to say within the last year, but I could be wrong. You had that huge beard, 
like the Eric Young beard that, you know, he has now. So like, what made you want to shave it? Was just, it just like changing character? And how long ago was that? Am I like mistiming this? Like, was it a year ago or? Uh, you know what? It's funny that you, uh, I shaved that beard. Um, uh, I started growing it when my son was born. So it's about, it was 21 months or not 21 months, it's over a year and a half of uh, beard growth. Like, there was a lot involved. And I always um, do that. Like, so I had a beard before, and it was massive. And I did the Cruiserweight Classic uh, for WWE, and I shaved it when I lost because I thought it was, like, almost like starting over. And so in my head, I know it sounds weird, but it's almost and – I, and I know Scott gave me so much heat for this. He says, what are you doing? People identify with the way you look now, and now you're shaving it. Uh, but in mm-hmm. my head, I had, to have to, I had to have a clean slate, a clean start, because of not after the Cruiserweight Classic, I was supposed to be brought back, and then I had border issues. I couldn't get back. So what I did is I just took the beard off. Um, this, and so that's basically, basically where, where it went is I shaved it off. And then the second time I shaved it off is there's a little company here in Toronto called smash. And I was the yep. champ for two years. And then when I lost my title, um, after the two years, I just, again, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do a, a clean, clean sweep. And so I shaved it off again. And, uh, of course I, I love, I love the beard anyways. I like you like going back to it. So it's coming back. Actually, it's growing now. It's uh, I'm hoping this time I'll call you PD and say, listen, I'm thinking about shaving this beard. What do you think? And I'll probably get you to say no. That's what I'm going to yeah, do. Absolutely. I'm going to have to have an intervention. Yeah. There you go. Intervention next time. Earlier, you mentioned <laughs> that you were in a down. Uh, downward spiral in your career. Maybe not the words you would use, but I, I threw it in there for creative license here. Uh, what what mm-hmm. turned you around? What brought you out? Got your, you know, you said you kind of had an attitude. You were you were mad about the knee injury. You were kind of taking it out. What what turned you around and turned you into the Tyson Dukes you are today? Oh, I, I think it was a lot of. I think it was a lot of things. I, I, it takes a lot. Um, you have to go through a lot of stuff, and I think sometimes they always talk about it. Being, it's cliche. You have to hit rock bottom. I never really hit rock bottom, but um, I remember not wanting to do do it anymore. When I I blew all my knee, I just came back, and they, my window had gone. They weren't interested in me. Nobody was really going for the dance anymore. I thought this this is not. This is maybe this isn't for me anymore. Maybe I did. Oh, you know what I did? I, it was with PD too. PD won it that year. It was Super Eight, and the year before that, I was supposed to be on Super Eight, um, and then I blew up my knee just a week before, and so I trained and tried to get ready for the Super Eight the second year round, and I thought it was great because me and PD were going down together, and Alex Shelley was there, and it was going to be a like it was a good time. It was a bunch of us guys from Windsor area, Detroit, Windsor. And I thought, this is great. We can all just do our thing and do all right. And then my my match didn't go well. Nothing seemed to go well. It just wasn't the highlight that I thought it was. And I was just so dejected when I came home and my knee was, wasn't right. Nothing was right and gear wasn't right. I wasn't feeling it anymore. 
And so uh, I did, um, I just, the, the bills started <laughs> adding up and I had to think, man, maybe I just need a, like a big boy job. Maybe I need to grow up a bit here and do something else. And I sold all my gear. I think the last straw was I went to a promoter to ask, uh, like, hey, I'll, like, uh, you know, can I get on the show or whatever? And then he lowballed me this terrible offer because I wasn't any. He says I wasn't anybody anymore. I hadn't done anything in a while, so who, well, who was I to ask for anything? And I thought, well, I'm just going to sell my stuff to pay for some bills, and then just just be done with this whole scene. And that was really sad. It was. It wasn't a low point. It's not rock bottom. It's not like I'm on an alleyway or whatever. I have two wonderful kids. I had a job. I was secure, but I, it was just a. It just so. It was just a sad time. I was so sad that the the thing that I love more than anything, like I love wrestling more than anything, just didn't love me back. So um, I think what it was is I just switched it up. I, I worked out harder. I changed my look. I had this uh, PD nose, this obnoxious uh, blonde mohawk. Um, and then I got in like superb shape. I really uh, took the time to work out a lot more and focus on not being the silly, goofy guy, but uh, working a more of a serious style. And I just got back to loving wrestling for wrestling. And just and once I got on shows and started working harder in a more physical role people seemed to appreciate what i was doing and i it just spiraled from there i just got back in the swing of it and i just i just got back to what i loved about it and that's everything that's and that's basically what brought me back it was uh just changing my own mindset and just getting over myself and getting over the fact that you know it's never gonna. It's it's never gonna love you back. It's show business. Show business is never gonna love you back. It's either you just give it and you love it, or it's just gonna spit you out. So that's what I did. Pity, I've got at least two more questions before we send them out of the way. What do you have? Uh, you, I I have so much. Uh, go ahead, Dennis. Go ahead. All right. You love wrestling, and this is essentially your and I first date. Sure, we flirted at the show, but now I need to know what what how much wrestling do you watch now? What got what was the wrestling moment that got you hooked on the industry? My wrestling moment, and I've said this, um, I've done this a million times over this story. Is my mom. Uh, brought me home a coloring book when I was a kid because we had no cable TV. I lived on a farm in the east coast of New Brunswick, this small little village community. Um, so we didn't have very much. I had a little TV station that got two channels. And then I remember my mom brought me home this coloring book, and it was the Rockin' Wrestling coloring book. Uh, and it had larger-than-life characters uh, like Hulk Hogan and Hillbilly Jim and the Iron Sheik and Roddy Piper and I was completely infatuated with this. Like, I had no idea what this was, but all I wanted to do was I wanted to find out what, more about it, like about this comic book and these little characters. And I was only five, uh, five six years old, and there's something about it that drew me to it. And then uh, eventually um, my friends um, knew about it. And then that's how I found WWF. And then it just started from there. So even from a small kid, like a young kid of five, six years old, just seeing something, something so, so simple as a comic book 
uh, our coloring book totally switched my whole uh, passion and drive towards something. I know it sounds weird and I said it almost sounds like it's impossible, but that's exactly what that's when I was hooked from that moment on. And wrestling now, do you still watch it now that you're back doing it and you're happy and you're loving it? You know, PD is the kind of guy that when he's wrestling, he doesn't really watch much wrestling when he was retired. He watched a ton of it. I watch it all the time. I, I study always. I'm always studying. I, I, I don't even, um, I know these kids on the indie scene that have only been around for maybe a year or two out of uh, companies like CZW and uh, MLW, all these um, new places that are popping up everywhere. I watch it. I watch it all. I watch uh, Lucha Libre. I watch Japanese wrestling. I try to stay as um, uh, ahead of the day, uh, the game and updated with WWE and, uh, and impact as I can. Uh, I don't get to all the show. I don't watch the whole show. I just watch, uh, matches and listen for like online when people say, Hey, this was really good and stuff like that. So I'm, I study all the time cause I just want to see like, like we were talking about the business of how it is and how it comes and goes in waves and stuff like that. And I'm curious and uh, I'm studying for that reason as well. I, I want to see where it can go and like, where's it going to go? Like, will there be a bottom? Will it, will the balloon pop or will we just keep rolling? Will it still be good? in the next 10 years where we still be rolling, rolling hard. So, and it's just kind of like an experiment for me to watch and see how things change and how things stay the same. It's funny though. Like the style is so different, like so, so different when me and Petey were young, it is a completely different game altogether, like altogether. Like it's, uh, and I would like for this new style that has a lot of, cool innovation and a lot of beautiful athleticism to um to look at our side when we started and see the beauty of storytelling and psychology and selling and if they could just make that little if they could work with each other that the sport would be on fire for years to come but it's just it just depends to see if um we can uh, bridge the gap between uh, old school and new school. And my final question, PD, I'll let you wrap this up when I'm done. Okay. 40 years old, you're loving wrestling. Do you set new goals now? What are your goals? What do you want to accomplish when it's time for you to officially and finally hang up the boots? I don't think I'll ever, I don't think I'll ever, I thought years ago I was going to put uh, a time limit on it. And I gave myself, when I was younger, I gave myself, because I started when I was like 18, 19 years old. That's like the 18, 19 split is when I started wrestling. And I thought, well, at uh, close to 30. So 27, I'll think, if I don't make it to WWE, because that really was the only place back then. Um, if I don't make it to WWE, then I'll give it up. And then 27 came, and I was just starting to get on a great roll. I was at ROH, I was at Impact, I was in Japan, I was like making some real waves. And I thought, well, no, I'm not going to quit now, I'm just getting started. So, because it takes that long to really figure that stuff out. It takes so long to figure this business out. So then I decided, uh, 35, 35, if I haven't made it by 35, I'm out, I'm done, I'm done, I'm not going to do this anymore. 35 comes around, I'm still rolling good. Like, I, I still get to go to like places like All Japan, 
Um, uh, things are always in the works. I get to go down to the performance center. Uh, I get a few spots with, uh, WWE. Um, like things are still moving. So I'm at 40. I'm still doing impact tapings. Uh, I still have, uh, I'm going to Puerto Rico, uh, this fall. I have, uh, a multitude of, uh, offers that are coming in, um, and good experiences that I can't talk about, but that are like great experiences that that are still coming. And I think at 40 that I'm like, well, I'm 40 and my whole life now revolves around it. I have my own wrestling school. Uh, and that's basically my whole income now is my school and my son who is 16 has started to train and he wants to do it now. So now I have him. And I think, uh, I, you know what? I'm just never going to, I'm never going to hang him up. I think I'll just like the last thing for me will be just like that. The wrestler, the movie, I, you just won't know. Oh. I'll just dive off the top rope and you just won't know. Did Tyson die in the ring or what was it? <laughs> or when did he die? Cause that's a, how I, I picture myself going out as morbid as that sounds, but I, I'll never, I'm never, I've always put a time, a little bit of a timeline on myself. And I thought, you know what, screw it. I'm just gonna, I'm just not doing the timeline anymore. If I feel good and my work is still adequate enough that people are entertained, I will keep going until the day I die. No, I, I hear you, Tyson. I mean, I put timelines on mine and look at me, I'm back. I said I was never going to come back. And honestly, I know Dennis has questions. Uh, for me, I just want to more reminisce with you. I know when we see each other at the impact tapings, like we're both busy. Um, we both have matches. I'm doing agenting stuff and stuff. So I'm, I'm more of a reminiscer guy than a question guy, but, uh, I know you have a school and stuff. You're on social media and everything. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and what you got going on? Well, it, it's really easy. My social media, I've uh, linked it up so it's easy because as we know at the start of this whole uh, podcast when we're trying to get it together, how terrible I am yeah. at technology. You guys know this. I'm awful. So like, I've just made everything so simple that even I, uh, like a guy like me, can run it. So everything is under just Tyson Dukes, D-U-X, not D-U-K-E-S. It's D-U-X. Um, and that's how you can find me. You can find me at Tyson Dukes on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, like if you look on Facebook, you'll find my little school. It's just the wrestling factory. You just have to put in Tyson Dukes and you'll find everything you need. If you want to see my ugly face. I would Basically. say awesome, Tyson. Hey, yeah. Thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time and coming on and talking with us, man. It was, it was great to catch up. It was good. It was good. Thank you very much for having me. Actually, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Wow, what what a fun interview with Tyson Dukes, Pete. See, here's the thing. Sometimes we get like the big, huge stars and it's kind of like awkward because like, you know, we're not close or whatever, but Tyson and I are really close. And I just, you know, you could see it when we did like Frank Gazarian and stuff. It's like, we, we just have like this bond and I just like shooting the breeze. And, you know, like I don't get to do that with Tyson anymore because whenever we see each other at shows and we're at so busy and it, it's so much fun talking to him and just being able to like sit back and just talk wrestling. I, I hope he becomes a fan of our podcast now. Hey, I know he has a lot going on and stuff like that. Um, but I, I sure hope so too. I, I mean, we're, we're going to have to start a I campaign would, to get Dukes to listen, right? Hashtag listen. Yeah. Dukes. 
we have a lot of campaigns going on, so uh, yeah, we can make another one, sure. <laughs> Why not? Uh, let's wrap this podcast up. There was something we didn't touch on before the interview that I wanted to talk about uh, now. Uh, you went to a show without me, and I'm not going to lie. I was sad. It was like... Were you really? It was Were like you really sad. It was like mom and dad going on a vacation for the weekend, and they left you with a babysitter, and you just couldn't figure out why they wouldn't want to take you to Las Vegas or something fun, and you're you're left at home, and then all of a sudden you get the text like, "Oh yeah, I'm in I'm in you know Canada for a show." It's like I didn't even know you had a show. Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. It was Mississauga. It was just like a quick day trip. I didn't know mm. if you wanted to. Uh... Tag along. I, oh. I'll invite you next. All shows moving forward, I'll invite you. Absolutely. Oh. But yeah, I mean, it was uh, it and it was it was kind of a big one. Um, it was one of our one night only pay per views. It's gonna mm. air actually this Friday, August thirty mm-hmm. first. Uh, don't know what time, but it'll be available on the Global Wrestling Network app. Um, and guess who I wrestled? Uh, I'm gonna say Tyson Dukes. No, he was he wasn't there. Um, no, Michael Elgin. Oh wow, uh, so, New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? Yeah. So uh, how it came about was uh, <laughs> it's a little bit inside baseball. So originally, I wasn't supposed to be on the Slamversary card. This is back in when was Slamversary? July ish. Yep it's on and, one uh, of the, it's on the Slamversary podcast. You can go back and listen to it if you want, guys. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I wasn't supposed to be on that card. But I asked Sanjay, I'm like, hey, you know, I know you guys usually have me agent. Can I just agent the show and so on? I, I want to be a part of Slamversary. And he says, yeah, I'll talk to Scott. Scott texted me and he says, hey, do you want to do Destiny Pro Wrestling on August 25th? You'll be wrestling Michael Elgin. And I don't know if he was trying to pitch that as like, uh, hey, you know, you'll have an awesome match kind of deal. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, man, Michael Elgin is awesome. He's going to want to do a lot of stuff. I don't know if I am like physically capable of working that hard um but i did want to get on slam anniversary so i said scott i will do it on one condition you book me for slam anniversary he says deal and i'm like awesome you know two paydays for the price of one so i'm thinking i'm not going to work or anything and then rich swan gets hurt and i have to end up working they would have booked me anyways um but yeah uh so we went up there and michael elgin let me tell you he had me wrestling like I was 23 years old again. Like it was like 14 years ago or whatever. Like he had me doing, I think I, I created a list of like, I think it was like five to eight things that I've never done in a professional wrestling match before. Either moves that I've given or taken or just like uh, things that I haven't done that he had me doing. And we did a 20 minute match and it was, I, I, I loved it. I mean, it was, it was super hard work. I really worked for my money that day. But like Don Callis and Scott Demore, who were on commentary for that one night only pay per view, they came back to us afterwards and they're both like, "Oh my god, that match was effing awesome! Like unbelievable!" You know? And obviously we were like, "Oh, thank you." Any feedback? And they're like, "No, like uh, th- that was great." Like they were, Scott was even saying, "Like man, I think at one point I-, I blew up my audio on my headset because I was screaming so loud." So I mean, it was just kudos to Michael Elgin because. Um, I wouldn't have worked that hard unless he pushed me to work that hard. Like, like he literally pushed me to my limits and, uh, I'm telling him, I'm like, man, this is a lot of stuff that I have to remember. And like, man, I'm probably going to mess this up cause I've never done it before and stuff. And he goes, no, 
He's like, it's all going to go off perfectly. You just watch. And Michael Elgin's one of those guys. I mean, um, you talk about guys basing you in the ring, like that are strong and stuff. Um, he, he's probably one of like, okay. So a, a, as a lighter guy, if I go and do a move on a guy or jump on a guy, I might want to protect myself a little bit more or position myself. Like uh, if this gets messed up with, when you're with a guy like Elgin, I'm just like, I'm just going to jump and I know you're going to catch me and put me where I need to be. Like, I don't have any doubt. I don't have any, uh, like, I know I'm not going to get hurt with him just because he's, he's that strong and he's that good. Him and Cesaro are probably on the same level. Like the two strongest guys that I could just, they'll, they'll put me where I need to be. Um, I almost feel like a baby in their arms because they're so strong. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, it was it was a phenomenal match, and you know I, you know we even like DM'd each other afterwards, like hey we had a great time. I hope we get to do it again. Like it was, yeah. I, I don't want to do it every day because I mean it's I haven't worked that hard in probably ten years, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean I, I really needed that match in my career. That's awesome. And by the way, uh, you'll be in Las Vegas for a Impact show, right? Uh, correct. I will. As it stands right now, yes. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in the near future because I don't know if they're going to need me or whatever. But um, uh, it all depends on the booking and what the storylines go and stuff like that. But yes, uh, Las Vegas in November, I think like the 11th and 12th, maybe the 13th. I don't I don't remember the dates off the top of my head. Well, I don't even know if they're announced yet, so this could be breaking news. I believe they are announced. I have seen them posted. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, one of those nights is my birthday, so you know I hope they don't need oh. you. What when's your birthday? The twelfth. Yes, of November. Yeah, twelfth of November. I remember that. that's why I said the twelfth. So I mean, are you coming to Vegas or? No, God, no. If my wife won't let me go to Starcast, she's not going to let me go to Vegas without her, and oh. I don't. And I don't want to take her. Don't. It's not even no, not even an option. Well, you know, this is one of the shows I'm probably going to actually bring my wife. I mean, we love Vegas. I mean, um, I just I, – I love going to Vegas, man. There's something about that town. I mean, I think everybody, if you've been there, it's like, you know, we're going to Vegas kind of deal. Um, so I'm excited. I've actually never done a wrestling show in Vegas before. I remember one time we had a, um, a, a TV taping in Vegas. We did all this – it was actually a big impact TV taping because we're actually switching, and this just goes to show how long ago it was, from like regular definition TV, if that's what you want to call it, to high definition. So this is our first like HD um, show, right? Spike was switching over to HD, and uh, Impact was switching over to HD. So we're like, yeah, we're doing it in Vegas. And I remember we filmed all these things where we did these like still shots and like motion shots and stuff, and they didn't even be on the show. And I was sat at home and watched it from home, and I didn't get to compete on a show in Vegas. So my feelings were hurt, but now I get to totally redeem myself. Maybe. Uh, Maybe, <laughs> yeah. But uh, where I was going before I went into emo dentist mode there, uh, you were at a show without me, and uh, you sent me a weird text that said there were people talking about me, which was kind of cool. Yeah, so uh, Dave, Chris. Um, obviously I was talking about, yeah, I think you guys are going to a football game coming up this Thursday. No, he backed out. Oh, did he? Okay. Well, I, maybe I can go with you. I don't know. Um, 
but uh, I, I know he was planning on it because he was one to tell me about it and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, and then one of the I, – I believe he was a camera guy I was asking about. Where, where's Dennis? And I'm like, I don't even know who you are, but um, <laughs> uh, he didn't, didn't make it today. <laughs> you know, like um, – so people are asking about you. You've been around so much uh, the past little bit on Impact that you've made an impression where people are asking – when they see me – they ask, "Where's Dennis?" Like as if we are attached at the hip or something like that. That 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 made me smile when you sent me that text, and I think I was like, "You're messing with me, aren't you?" You're like, "No, it's no, no." This is exactly it's, and this was the plan, like from the beginning. I'm like, you, people will see me and then expect to see you, or see you and expect to see me. It's kind of like, and that that's your way into the business, and then you get a job, and then. We're both best friends in the wrestling business, and this is great. I mean, that, that was my plan from the beginning. Well, we're both best friends. I've yet to have my job in the wrestling business, so I'm still waiting <laughs> on that part. Uh, you know what? I should have got you a commentary job or like a ring announcing job for that one night only. You know what? Let me – I got to rethink this. Yeah, I, I know. Bring this I, back to Scott. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know my buddy? Why don't we put him on a pay-per-view just for fun? Yeah. It's like it's like a make-a-wish, but I'm not sick. Oh man! All right, and- hey, we weren't recording. We weren't recording, but Dennis was like, "You're like, oh, you probably don't even know, remember what I look like." Yeah, the nice, handsome guy with the glasses, kind of like Superman, or Clark Kent, or whatever he said. Yes, and then he's like, "I, uh, <laughs> I," he was joking. But he's like, "I thought you were security," which he kind of probably did. No, he that that was a joke right there. But no, he knew that. Here's the thing: people are already asking, like, when they see me, "Hey, where's Dennis?" So people know that, you know, we're boys and like when they see you, they're like, oh, he's with PD or if they were to see you at a wrestling show, they'd be like, oh, where's PD? Is PD here? If they saw you first kind of deal. So um, that's good. You know, people know who you are. And finally, before we promote a little bit and send everybody home from this hour long marathon, which is even longer for us, because little do you guys know that Tyson Dukes, it probably took us 30 minutes to even get it right. There were three, three attempts then there was a kid that we had to wait for. It it was crazy, but it was worth it. But yeah, we've been doing this for like four hours right now. We just blocked it into one hour slot. Be- because we love our fans, uh, we're gonna be honest with you. My schedule is changing coming up, and that means there could be changes to our recording schedule. PD, we haven't quite figured it out. I think next week will be. Uh, the same wrestling perspective that you've all come to know and love. After that, it might be dropping on a different day. We may drop it. Uh, we, we may record. Have to record it four days earlier and drop it on Thursday. Uh, you know, the, the change in the days mean there's probably going to be less guests. Uh, we haven't really talked in private about how it's actually going to impact. Uh, the podcast, but there are going to be some changes that will probably be made due to my scheduling conflicts, uh, Pete. Yeah. So, I mean, um, you'll still get a podcast every week. I'm pretty confident with that. Um, 99.9%. Yeah. I mean, guest wise, I mean, there might be a lack of guests. Uh, We'll see. Um, You know, if we have to record on the weekends, um, then so be it. We'll make sure we record for you guys. Um, it just the problem is with the weekends, a lot of the, you know, guests that we'd have, they do wrestling shows on the weekends, so they might not have the availability to actually come on the show. So, um, we'll get it all figured out though. And at least we'll have, uh, 
you know, we'll have a wrestling that's a tongue twister, a wrestling perspective for you, um, regardless. Yeah, each week we'll still be doing it. Uh, you know, in the shows, if we still do show stuff, uh, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to make as many shows as I I hope with this schedule change but we will do our best to still give you some sort it might be a once a month thing uh, and that's kind of something i think you and i have have lost touch on that we didn't really want to be guest heavy when we started doing this we wanted to be just you and i shooting it and and, and growing our brand and not being reliant then we thought yeah. let's bring people in and we've been uh, probably more than we want guest heavy uh hopefully Next week, as a going going away guest kind of thing, maybe we get the mother of all guests, and that's all I'll say. Okay, right? you want my mother on this podcast? Okay, yeah. All right. yeah. Well, I don't I mean, know if she she even knows about wrestling, but she sure knows, she knows about little Petey Williams. <laughs> that's the only wrestler oh, that matters man. right now. But they look. Right. Uh, a lot of things are going to change, but Petey and I will promise to keep you guys updated. We'll be 100% honest with you and let you know what changes, why they're being made. Uh, you know, it's it's not lack of trying, trust me. It's just something that uh, is going to happen, but uh, we will have a, a wrestling perspective. You may just drop on Friday or Saturday night. It might drop on Monday night, but either way, we'll still have a show for you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the goal at the end of the day, weekly show, yeah. weekly show. You, you sounded really Canadian there, Pete. Yeah, I, I know. I'm trying to talk with my American accent. It's not working. <laughs> uh, finally promote what's going on. Where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at IPD Williams. And, uh, I mean, on every Thursday at impact, I know this impact coming up, this is our big. Uh, it's not a pay per view. It's like a. I don't even know what you, what you want to call it. Um, uh, your version of Clash of the of Champions. Our, yeah, whatever. Like a like a special. Mm-hmm. Um, it's redefined, and I will be wrestling against Rich Swan for our first time ever uh, match. So uh, I already pre-screened it. Um, I got the show sent to me ahead of time, and I don't want to do any spoilers because it airs tomorrow, uh, eight p.m. And uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Will, you, will you? You've watched the whole show. Yep. Will you spoil one thing for me? Okay, maybe. How is the sign? This is this so, is show so the sign. Yes, show two. The sign is is not as good. I point to it when I come out. Do you? Did it get a good um, camera picture of it? This is not show two. This is still night one. It's show two. Yes. We do two shows in one night. Right. This is so this it's still is night one. Second show. Yeah, it's still Yeah, I know. It's still blacked out. So we'll have to wait till the following week, next week, to when that really like it really pops. Like right. I, I made him switch it to the white. So we'll see how it looks next week. This you week I point to it. You can't even really tell, Dennis. I mean, I will I'll be honest with you. Like I'm pointing to the sign, and it's like you can't even see wrestling perspective. So, um, a little bit disappointed, but at the I'm same time, very grateful them. that they made this sign. I'm disappointed in them. Darn it! <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm still really grateful that they made the sign and stuff like that. I'm re- actually I'm really happy that I pointed out like, hey, that doesn't look good on TV, and they were like, they've spent all night working on it, and 
I'm hoping next week when I do the show, um, it really pops on the show. I'm excited for that. But uh, whatever PD's pointing at is a wrestling perspective sign, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, um, just look out for that, I guess. There you go, guys. It's this week's wrestling perspective. As I said, top of the show. If you're still listening, uh, go to wrestlingperspectivepodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Talk to us. Let us know. Uh, email us at wrestlingperspective at gmail.com if you ever have any questions, comments, concerns. Uh, one of our social media staff will get to you as soon as possible, which is me. Uh, um, outside of that, guys, <laughs> follow him, IPD Williams. Follow me at Dennis77Farrell. Uh, wrestlingperspective.podbean.com if you just want to listen off the website. Thank you guys. Great show, PD. Let's just say goodnight and end it now. <laughs> Staff. All right. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.